Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today is April 1st, and we're going to talk about a fungus that loves earthquakes in the desert, Coccidioides species. Coccidiomycosis is a fungal infection that is endemic to the southwestern region of the U.S. It resides in the soil as a mold form and produces arthroconidia spores. These spores have to be disturbed to be aerosolized, and then humans will inhale the arthroconidia to become infected. A single arthroconidium is enough to cause pathology. Fascinatingly, the incidence of coccidiomycosis increases after any earthquakes in the area. This is due to the large-scale aerosolization of spores into that area. Once inside the human lungs, the arthroconidia will transform into a spherule. This is a large structure that is filled with many endospores. The spherule will rupture and release endospores into the body. Once deeper in the human tissues, the temperature changes again, and this dimorphic fungus will change into the yeast form. Most infected patients will be asymptomatic. If they do develop symptoms, they most likely form coccidiomycosis, or what is also called San Joaquin Valley fever, which is a self-limiting acute pneumonia and might present with high fever, productive cough, and malaise. Some patients will produce caseating granulomas in the lung tissue that mimics tuberculosis. If this fungus disseminates, it can cause a 90% mortality without treatment. It can often disseminate and cause meningitis, osteomyelitis, and ulcerative skin lesions with caseating granulomas. It can also cause desert rheumatism, which uh, is a diffuse symmetrical arthralgia. It can also cause the formation of erythema nodosum, which is the formation of red, painful, subcutaneous nodules on the extensor surfaces, especially the shins. This is not actually a sign of dissemination, but it is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction against pathogenic antigens. It is important to remember that erythema nodosum isn't unique to coccidiomycosis. Diagnosis is typically through the detection of spherules in tissue samples or fungal cultures. There are serological tests that can look for antibodies against coccidioides species, but remember that it takes several weeks to create antibodies, so it may not be helpful in acute pneumonia patients. I know that I said I would talk about paracoccidioides species, but there's just not much different between paracoccidioides and coccidioides species, except for a few facts. Paracoccidioides species looks like an old-school ship's wheel, think pirate ship, in the yeast form. This infection is associated with South America rather than the Southwest. Clinical symptoms for paracoccidioides infection are fever, weight loss, and lymphadenopathy instead of the acute pneumonia. And preferred treatment is itraconazole for paracoccidioides rather than fluconazole for coccidioides. And that's about it. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 42-year-old male presents to the emergency department with a three-week history of headache, malaise, and low-grade fevers. Vital signs reveal a temperature of 101 Fahrenheit. 
He recently traveled to New Mexico for temporary work for three months, then returned home to Western Canada. He recalled exposure to dead rats and had multiple insect bites during his time in New Mexico. He denied consumption of unpasteurized dairy products, raw meat, and raw seafood. Lumbar puncture revealed a low glucose concentration compared to serum, a high total protein concentration, and a high percentage of lymphocytes. A purified protein derivative test was negative, and a test for HIV was negative. What potential complication is associated with the most likely causative agent? Is it A, POTS disease, B, broncholithiasis, C, erythema nodosum, or D, soap bubble brain? First, diagnose the patient. The patient is presenting with headache, malaise, and low-grade fevers after recent travel to New Mexico. He does recall exposure to rodents and multiple insect bites during his time in New Mexico, which complicates the differential. Lumbar puncture reveals the presence of low glucose, which happens when an organism is present and consumes the glucose. This could be a fungus or bacterial organism. Viral organisms will not affect the glucose concentration. A high level of lymphocytes might suggest either a fungal infection of the CNS or an infection with mycobacterium tuberculosis. However, the negative PPD test points away from a tuberculosis infection. Therefore, the patient most likely has a fungal meningoencephalitis. Choice A, POTS disease, is a complication of a tuberculosis dissemination into the spine. However, a negative PPD test rules this diagnosis out. Choice B, broncholithiasis, is when granulomas become calcified and are coughed up. This is associated with histoplasma capsulatum, which mostly affects the eastern U.S. Choice C, erythema nodosum, is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction that can form after coccidiomycosis. This causes the formation of painful red nodules in the shins. This is not a dissemination of the fungal disease, but an immune reaction to antigens. This patient does have a history of travel into the southwestern region of the U.S., which is where coccidiomycosis is endemic. Choice D, soap bubble brain, is a sign that there that looks like there are soap bubbles of illumination near the middle, middle cerebral artery. This sign is associated with cryptococcus species. Cryptococcus meningitis normally affects patients with immunodeficiencies like patients with AIDS. Therefore, the correct answer is C, erythema nodosum. A 36-year-old female presents to the clinic in upstate New York with a chronic cough that was attributed to a 40 packs per year smoking history. Vital signs are normal. Physical examination is normal. Chest radiography reveals a single pulmonary nodule. Due to the smoking history, biopsy of the nodule was performed. NAAT reveals an infection of Coccidioides posidaceae. What histological finding would be found during this infection? Is it choice A, septate hyphae with a 45 degree angle branches? Choice B, germ tubes. Choice C, broad-based budding yeast. Or D, spherule. First, diagnose the patient. This patient is presenting with a single granuloma that might have been caused by coccidioides posidaceae. Choice A, acute angle branching septate hyphae is characteristic for the mold form of aspergillus species. 
Even if you can't remember what the mold form of coccidioides species looks like, this would be a sample pulled from the body. Therefore, it wouldn't be in the mold form. Choice D, germ tubes, are formed when Canada species are grown at human body temperature. Choice C, broad-based budding yeast, are associated with blastomycosis dermatitidis. Therefore, the correct answer is D, spherules. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.